0: Holy cow, we covered a lot uh, on today's program. We had Nikki Haley on, a little history lesson as well about what was going on. We covered the president's speech in Poland. Uh, what else did we do? So, Jason Whitlock was on? Jason Whitlock was on. We uh, we went, We went over the idea of a national divorce. That's where we start really important first 40 minutes, I think of the uh, of the podcast really important you listen to that today um and it's all coming up in just a second first our sponsor relief factor going back to daily life when you're living with pain is like uh, i mean it's just a nightmare I, I don't know how you do it every day i did it for about 5 years and i about gave up i had gone to every doctor i had tried everything the only thing that gave me any kind of relief you know, was a narcotic. Oh yeah, that's good, that's good. So I'm like, hello, do my It Start sounding like Biden. No thank you, don't want to live that way. But you're not in pain. Yeah, but it's worse. Here's the thing. Get out of pain and try something all natural. Try the Quick Start from Relief Factor. It's 1995. 70% of the people who try, try this for three weeks Go on to order more. So try it, relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com or 1-800-4-RELIEF. relieffactor.com, feel the difference. Here's the podcast. You're
1: listening to the best of the Glenn Beck Program.
0: So we have been talking about the national divorce um, it's trending again today and people are arguing back and forth. You're a traitor. If you say that, well, you're a traitor cause you're trying to destroy America. Let, let's just use some logic and reason here. Okay. Nobody wants a war. If, if there is a war between the States, uh, those don't usually end well. Uh, and, uh, in fact, I think ours is the only one that's ever ended well, but it won't end the same way this time because we are not the people our founders were. We have to decide, first of all, is there a pattern or a long train of abuses? Is there a pattern all pointing to a design to destroy your freedom, your rights, as outlined in the Bill of Rights, Constitution and the uh, Declaration of Independence? If you decide that, then you have a right and responsibility, according to the Declaration of Independence. But now what do you do? What do you do about that? Red and blue separate. OK, what does that even mean? Because if if Texas decided to secede, I would not live under a, uh, a state unless it was under the framework, the exact framework of the Constitution and the mission statement of the Declaration of Independence. So, in other words, I would not tolerate anything being changed except a reset back to factory settings. If you want to write a new constitution, I'm, I'm not in because I support the constitution of the United States. Okay. I will, I will do everything in my power to protect and defend that. So I don't really see, you know, myself at least as leaving the United States of America. I think The United States of America, the power structures have left the United States of America, not me. I still believe in the same values that we've had since the uh, revolution and the, the and the beginning of the republic. So what does that mean exactly? The national divorce now build a dual economy. This makes sense on so many levels. First of all, we have seen that the economy, our banking system, our trade with one another, has become um, weaponized by the United States government through public-private partnerships. The things they couldn't do because they were constitutionally restrained, they have gotten corporations to do. Well, that's a usurpation of the rights in our Constitution. So, no, I don't want to live that way and until they will reestablish the proper role of government we should do everything we can to ensure we don't need their corporations the government's corporations to survive but this makes sense in in so many ways look at what covid taught us we are not independent we are not independent as people. We are not independent as communities or states. We will all perish if there is a global trade shutdown. We should be rebuilding our manufacturing, our skills. We should be able to survive locally. So having a, you know a, a, a dual economy is really smart. So you have a right to do this. You have a right to discuss this. You have a duty, it says in the Declaration of Independence, to throw off the chains. But what is that duty? What does that mean? Because remember, there's a comma, not a period. You have to replace it with something that you think is going to be better now, I can't think of anything better than the Bill of Rights and the Declaration of Independence. Can't think of anything better that would, would protect them. You just have to actually use those things. See, it's our duty to not only uh, throw off the chains and not act as terrorists or to become what we despise. It's to work together as a people to throw off the chains and organizing such powers that will be more likely to protect those rights. So that's not a terror group from Antifa to the white supremacists that that offer nothing more than chaos. Slavery. You have to have a plan before you follow someone Or you say, let's just shirk off these chains. You can't. What's your plan that ends up being more safe for individuals and their rights? I haven't heard that plan. You see, there is a plan on the other side. They are building the framework of a global community. They are building a global government. They are building a new currency that will monitor you. They are building the authoritarian state. And there's a very well-crafted, well-designed plan that, quite honestly, is genius. They didn't collapse us first. They're collapsing us as the power grows. They start to put in ESG. And as that takes root, they collapse us a little bit more. And so it's a controlled destruction. Well, you don't just destroy that and expect everything to go well what is the framework so when somebody says we should secede or we should have a national divorce what do you mean by that what is the framework what are the states what 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 is their government like the first thing we have to do if you believe there are usurpations and a long train of abuses that point to despotism we must first reestablish our first citizenship otherwise this is america's cornerstone god if you live up to those laws first start with the first you know hey how about the how about the 10 commandments so those are too difficult how about the golden rule okay live up to those laws first Because that will give you reason, clarity, and divine inspiration to reestablish this experiment and the guardians to guard those rights. In the meantime, know that the design is real. The design to destroy this is real. And so we all have a duty to stand up. But what? We stand up for the restraint on current power. We're not against. We're for the Bill of Rights. Why are we always saying we're against this? We should be saying, no, that's a violation of the Bill of Rights, and I am for freedom of speech. We need to stand for people like freedom caucuses. There should be a freedom caucus in at least 25 states, and they should be powerful. Texas doesn't even have one. How is that possible in a state this red? Because this state, the GOP has gone corrupt. We need to stand as long as the Freedom Caucus stands for the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. Ohio, stop waiting for the feds. What are you waiting for? Why did the governor wait so long? What, the governor has absolutely no power? I mean, I swear, I'm going to get him a little bracelet that says, what would Ron DeSantis do? Just look at it every day. You think he's waiting around? Take care of your own people. You look mousy and quite un, uh, quite frankly, un-American. Now, we need to stand up in all cases against lies. Now, that's hard. In all cases against, do not tolerate lies lies this is the easiest thing you can do do not go along to get along that doesn't mean agitate that means no i'm sorry that's not true get involved in in your anti esg legislation on your on your uh, state level work for fair access laws which empower you not the attorney general but empower you To go after ESG. Now is the time to support candidates that will throw the rhinos out. Now is the time to decide, am I supposed to run? Am I supposed to help somebody who is running? In 2024, there should be strong Bill of Rights and constitutional candidates. Not radicals, not crazy people. People who know the Constitution and Bill of Rights. And will walk through fire to reestablish that. Mitt Romney should have a challenger right now. Kevin Kramer in North Dakota should have a challenger. Does he have a challenger? Is the GOP or the freedom-loving people there? Are you working on this? Roger Wicker of, of uh, Mississippi. These... Deb Fisher in Nebraska... These senators can be flipped, but you better have a good candidate and you should be working on it right now. We don't need to separate. We need to find things that we all pretty much agree on. And this insane march to war is something that should be universal. We should stand up against the march towards war. Stand up in your local community. You want to make a difference? Start a farmer's market if you don't have one already. You want to make a difference? If you have one already, go shop the farmer's market. Go find a church that is actually engaged, not necessarily in politics, but a church that is teaching what our pilgrims knew that made them a danger to the king, which is, there is no king but God. I answer to God first, not men. And the the flow of power goes God, man, government. Government is last and only empowered by man to protect the rights given to him by God. This is what we need to do to save our country. But if I boil it down to one thing, it would be getting you and your family right with God. God is the only answer at this point. If we do not have his favor, we do not survive. This is a divine and sacred land. This land, is it a coincidence that freedom was established here and all of this land, we have everything we need, everything we need to be independent and free and be a beacon on a hill for all the world to see this is how it can be done. This is how man can live with one another in peace, in harmony. We get it wrong And sometimes for long periods of time, but as long as the people understand they have the power to correct those wrongs and go back to the system that was divinely inspired, our Constitution, our Bill of Rights, our Declaration of Independence, all of the answers that you need are in those documents. So should we have a national divorce? I wouldn't be against it, but, uh, I'm the one that's keeping the kids. I think we're the ones that, you know, need to make sure we're not the ones that are violating the rules of this marriage. You are, you're the one stepping out on, on us. I'm living by my marriage vows. I'm living by the rules of the Constitution. And if your state is not, start standing up and demanding that they live by the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, and the U.S. Constitution. This is the best of the Glenbeck Beck Program. Nikki, welcome to the program. How are you?
1: Hi, Glenn. It's great to be with you. It
0: is great to be with you. Um, listen, uh, we—I we, know—we have a short period of time, so I want to get through an awful lot first. Let me make sure that everybody understands. This is Nikki Haley. Uh, she's running for president, even though she's past her prime and only uses <laughs> her brownness to mask her white supremacy.
1: You know, I mean, I have always made the liberals' heads explode. They can't stand the thought that a minor, conservative minority, female would not be Democrat, and they just throw anything and everything. And you know, it just it means we're winning. They know that they know that I pull independents. They know I pull suburban women. They know I pull minorities. And so, if that's all they got, bring it. Yeah,
0: um, I want to talk to you about. I, I am. Uh, I'm very concerned about what i think is this march to global war um you know we have we have spent all of our capital on uh you know peace through strength we look incredibly weak um and the president was over in ukraine Uh, you know it's regime change or nothing i think um what 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 are we doing is what are we doing
1: Well, first of all, this isn't peace through strength. I mean, I think let's start with the fact that Biden should not be in Ukraine right now. He should be in Ohio with the people who are hurting. And that's problem number one is that you never have a crisis happen and not be with your people. So that's my first phone to pick with him. You know, the second thing is he's never shown any strength. I mean, all we have to do is, you know, none of this would be happening. Let's be very clear. None of this would be happening if we wouldn't have had the debacle in Afghanistan. Mm -hmm. That sent so many ripple effects. I mean, the idea that we would leave Bagram Air Force Base in the middle of the night without telling our allies who stood shoulder to shoulder with us for decades. I mean, nothing was more embarrassing than that. So So that sent a huge message to our allies, but it sent a bigger message to our enemies.
0: So what should we be doing? I mean, we're in Ukraine. Um, just sending everything over another $500 million. And now we're, I guess we're paying for their pensions. China is all pissed off at us. They're threatening the Philippines. I mean, Israel is probably going to hit Iran. North Korea is flexing its muscles. Are are we a nation headed towards war because we look so weak?
1: Uh, Well, we have to understand that war is not an option we have to prevent more. The way you prevent more is First of all, I mean, when it comes to Ukraine, I will tell you, I don't think we should ever send cash. I don't think we should send blank checks. I think we should rally the NATO troops and say NATO countries and say, what are you sending, what are you sending? And we need to make sure that Ukraine has the equipment and ammunition from all of us to make sure they can win. They have proven that they can do that. If Biden would have done that quickly in the beginning and rallied the troops with the NATO countries, we wouldn't be sitting in this position. But what you do is you make sure They have the ability to win. They don't need us to do that. They just need the equipment to do it. The second thing is, if we see Ukraine follow through, which Russia's lost 200,000 troops, they've raised the draft age to 65, you know he's losing when he's getting drones from Iran and, and missiles from North Korea, what we have to do is let them finish the job. And that will send the biggest message to China, Iran and any enemy or dictator that wants to destroy the West, because China very much sees the West as the big sinners, and they are determined to take us over. And Glenn, I've got to say the idea that Americans, that American children would look to the sky and see a Chinese spy balloon looking back at them is the most unthinkable national embarrassment we could have ever had. And that's no different than Afghanistan, because the rest of the world is going, what in the world is happening with America?
0: All right. So let me go back on a couple of things. You said provide them, you know, the tools. Does that include jets and tanks?
1: Well, I think that, you know, first of all, when we sent the, you know, if we had sent the anti-javelin tanks, you know, President Trump did that. And that was a big win for them, because that's what they needed to be able to finish the deal we have to go with the nato countries and saying what do you send but i think you send what they need to win but we don't do it alone we do it with the other countries they will win this and they will win this sooner when we stop dragging our feet we don't need to worry about sending cash to keep their government going we need to worry to make sure that they have the the ammunition to fight because they have the will. They are trying to protect their freedom. They're trying to save their country.
0: We just need
1: to give them the ability to do that. So
0: when we tell China that they can't send any aid over, or that'll be a line that they'll cross with us, uh, how do we have any credibility?
1: I mean, China's going to do what China's going to do. First of all, China usually got arms from Russia. It was never Russia getting arms from China. China typically sends parts. Um, That's mostly what China ends up giving to Russia. But look, I mean, you can't trust either one of these countries. The problem is, don't forget, before this war started, China and Russia declared themselves unlimited partners, and they said Iran was their junior partner. They are determined to make sure that the West falls. We have to be determined to make sure that we are the ones that show that freedom reigns. And that freedom will always reign, and that we, as freedom-loving countries, are going to stick together to make sure that happens. If they see that China doesn't want China sees what's happened to Russia with all the sanctions, they don't want that to happen to them. So we don't need to be saying, sending threats, saying you can't send this to Russia. We just need to send the idea that, look, we're unbreakable. This isn't going to happen. You see what happened to Russia. That could happen to you as well.
0: I, I have said for years um, that there will come a time when the rest of the world will sense our weakness and they'll say, now, go, 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 go. I think we're at that point. Um, we are completely at that point. And there's no way to, I mean, there's nothing this president can do. That will send the message that we're tough because we're not he's not he's not a serious threat to anyone. If somebody threatens us, Um, I don't even think our Pentagon really is a threat at this point, the way they're being run and what they did in Afghanistan. How do we make it the next two years without getting into real trouble with uh, some of these countries?
1: I mean, honestly, Glenn, and I'm not being funny here, we better start praying because, you know, if he's not even going to protect our borders and you've got terrorists coming across our borders, you've got Russian terrorists coming across our borders. The fact that he's not even doing that says so much. They know this is the weakest president we've ever had in history, and they know if ever there was a time they wanted to get territory, if ever there was a time they wanted to defeat us, it's now. And so, you know, Biden is doing nothing. He's literally doing nothing. And so, you know, what I can tell you is as a military wife who doesn't want to see America go to war, I will tell you that the second that we start getting control of America back, the second we start showing strength, the second we show how strong our military is, strong militaries don't start war. Strong militaries prevent war. We have to start acting like the strong country that we used to be. And you do that not by reacting to countries, you do it by telling them what you expect of them. That's what went wrong. If you look at when President Trump was in office, he and I did it at the UN, he was there, he told countries what they should expect from us. I made a point when I went to the UN, I told them what the US was for and what the US was against. I didn't care if they didn't like me, but I wanted them to respect America. That's where we have to get back to again.
0: Um, you know, um, as Trump surrogates are suggesting that you're more of a globalist war hawk, um, you have told me how much you respect President Trump. How do you stay above the fray um, with Donald Trump? Why did you decide, you said once, I'm not going to run if he's running, but you, you are now, and how do we stop this from being ugly
1: well first of all um when i said i wasn't going to run against him we had not had the fall in afghanistan we did not have biden fall all over himself to get back into the iran deal we didn't see um all of these closings in schools we didn't lose the midterms um so when i look at this i think that we have to start looking forward There's been a lot of chaos in the past. People love to talk about the past. We've gotta move forward. I was a governor, I took a hurting state and I turned it into the beast of the Southeast. When I was at the UN, I took the kick me sign off of our back. I am a problem solver. I want to get in there. I want to fix it. And I do think it's time for a new generation to go in there. I don't think you have to be 80 years old to run for president. (laughs) President Trump is my friend. He is my friend. But I think it's time for something new. And I think that we need to start boldly going where we haven't gone before and start riding the ship. And, you know, I think that if ever there was a time America is tired of losing. America is tired of losing and we have to do that. Now, how do we keep it from not getting messy? I'm not kicking sideways, I'm kicking forward. I'm not going and focusing on President Trump, I'm focusing on President Biden and how awful he's leading our country. And that's where we're gonna focus. And you know, if those others choose to get dirty and you've seen how the liberals have like self-combusted over the fact that I'm running, they can do that. But I am very focused and very disciplined on the fact that American families can't afford their groceries. Mothers are looking for baby formula. Children are so far behind in their education. We don't know if we can catch them back up. We've got open borders. We're having our minds closed by woke ideology, and we've got a Chinese spy balloon in the air. I mean, something's got to give. I'm not going to wait for somebody else to fix it. I'm going to get in there and fix it.
0: So what you talked about a competency test for politicians recently, and, and You know, we didn't have this problem when George Washington uh, retired after his seven uh, his second term that set the standard until the progressive era and the progressives uh, just wanted to uh, be more autocratic and keep the power centralized and everybody can run for as many terms as they want, which we saw with um, uh, with FDR. When you talk about a competency test, that's clear with Joe Biden. It is clear uh, with Feinstein. Uh, It's it's clear uh, with our new senator from Pennsylvania, but it's not really just the competency of the people in office. Honestly, that's competency of the voter. How do you not? It's not that they just won't leave. It's just the voter can see it and they still vote for it.
1: Well, I think what I am strongly, and I will push for term limits, I do think we need to have mental competency tests for anyone over 75. Look at D.C. and look at everybody there from Diane Feinstein to Bernie Sanders, you know, pitched a fit yesterday on the fact that I said that, and that's all the reason we have to do it. It's about transparency, Glenn. We need to start realizing government works for the people, not the other way around. And that means that elected officials don't get to go up there and just do what they want and show the power they want. They need to be transparent to the American people. I mean, don't forget that when I was a state legislator in South Carolina, our legislators weren't showing their votes on the record. We had a Republican Mm -hmm. House, a Republican Senate, and Republican governor. And my focus was... If you are debating anything on the floor of the house or the Senate, you have to show legislative votes on the record. I was completely blackballed. So I ran for governor and now South Carolina shows every vote on the record, every ounce of transparency from health care yeah. to yeah. term limits to competency tests. When the American people see who is really in D.C., when they see what they're doing, we will expose all of that because we need to light a fire under our elected officials. So, Congress is not working. So it and is something's got to go. get.
0: It's also, though, if you get rid of the um, uh, you put term limits there on elected and not on these so-called public servants who have long careers and they make up the deep state, they don't care who's elected. They're outlasting them. Would you consider doing that and reducing the size and or abolishing a lot of the, uh, the agencies under the president?
1: Well, you first have to start by being able to fire whoever you need to fire. I mean, when I was at the United Nations, I saw how entrenched they were. But, uh, Obama was very smart. When he was leaving office, he went and basically promoted all of middle management to senior management so that they couldn't get fired. We have to go clean our agencies out from the inside out. Look at our intelligence agencies right now. Look at the DOJ right now. Look at the state department. All of those, we have to go in and clean house. And I did that in South Carolina as governor. You go in and you let them know what you expect of them. And anybody that is not walking the line where they understand they work for the people, you get rid of them. And you do it in a way, you know, when I went to the UN, my very first week, John Kerry's sister worked at the UN um, in the U.S. um, Embassy of the UN. And she went and started, you know, causing trouble the very first week. I told them, I said, get rid of her. And they said, oh, you can't get rid of her. She doesn't retire for six more months. I said, send her home. I don't care. She's not working here. You got. You can't have poison in a situation and think you're going to fix it. you got to get rid of all of the toxicity.
0: Nikki Haley running uh, as a presidential candidate for the GOP in 2024. Uh, you can find all the information on her and uh, support her uh, candidacy by going to NikkiHaley.com. That's NikkiHaley.com. Nikki, thank you so much. Good. Thank
1: you, my friend. Talk you to back. you
0: soon. Good to talk to you. Bye-bye. You're listening to the best of the Glenn Beck program. So I don't know about you, Stu, but I feel pretty darn good about that Putin speech. Yeah. Yeah, pretty good. Pretty good. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, yeah. In what way? Well, I got up this morning and I'm like, look, he would be the pariah of the world if he launches a nuclear war. Now, could he launch a tactical nuke? Yeah, but I still think that would be a bad idea, okay? I think
2: he would find himself the pariah of the world. Well, I mean, he, in some ways, is the pariah of the world already. Yeah, but even more so. I, I think that's true. And I think it would only be done in a yeah. true moment of real desperation. Yeah. Like, he thought it was over, and he was about to be overthrown type of situation. Which, by the way, is in the realm of possibilities. Correct. So,
0: you have uh, you have that going on for you. Um, and uh, And I was thinking... Hey, uh, he wouldn't do that. But what he would do is exactly what he said. Fight World War three with ones and zeros. And he could do as much and maybe even more damage if he could cripple our uh, electricity, if he could cripple our access to power for a few months,
2: even we we, we, large population uh, death. That seems like a. a real possibility a scary one um and, and you hope the worst case doesn't come to play there but like yeah. I, my son asked me this the other day he got he they you know he, he got a he's 11 years old got a got a whiff of the chinese balloon situation yeah and was like well you know started asking me about nuclear war <laughs> mm-hmm. and stuff and I, you know they had talked about i guess the chinese balloon in school and he said like he was asking me what what are the chances of of nuclear war happening. And you didn't call me. You didn't have <laughs> to say,
0: Let, let's ask Uncle Glenn. He knows how to bunker.
2: talk. He knows how to talk to kids. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Good God, my kid would be <laughs> twisted forevermore. Uh, and I said to him, my answer was, the the odds of a nuclear war are very, very low. Very low. Very, very low. The, probably will not happen. Um, now, of course, that's the right answer to a kid probably even if the odds are high. But I think that it's true that the chances of that breaking out are low. I think mutually assured destruction still is effective. It's one of those things that goes beyond politics and relationships and bad presidents and all of that, which is why it's such a good thing, Mm -hmm. right? Uh, It's why having a nuclear arsenal like we have and like they have winds up being a net positive despite how crazy that sounds at times. Um, But these other possibilities are real. Right. Oh, and scary and things that we have not really contemplated and certainly can't deal with. You take
0: our power generation ability away from us. You hit our power plants and you collapse our grid and you could do it by hitting 10. You uh, you collapse our grid. It will work one time, just like Nagasaki and Hiroshima. Mm -hmm. You know, that first shock and awe of it. And, you know, we didn't know what it would actually be like. We knew it would be horrific, blah, blah, blah. But what are the lasting effects? That'll be the same conversation around the world if they would shut down America's power. But the death toll would be so much higher than, you know, what we did in in Japan it will be thought of in the future as a
2: tactical first strike nuke. It's remarkable. We really don't seem to be taking that seriously. You know, I, I, Usually when these things happen, they're more difficult to do than you think they are. Like, I remember when, you know, biological war was in the news a lot yeah. and they talked about how sc- and it's really scary possibilities. But to spread a, bi- a, a bioweapon is very difficult. Yeah. A dirty bomb like is actually more difficult than and it doesn't. I mean, if you want to poison the water supply, I mean, you have to have a
0: train, you have to have a derail then you have to. <laughs> Set it on fire. Then you you have to have one of those war war
2: trains Biden was talking about sending to Ukraine. You (laughs) have to have that. And that's really hard. It's very difficult. But like, I don't know, like, could they, uh, Russia, uh, China, they don't seem to be competent at a lot of things. Could they actually pull this off perfectly? I don't know. I mean, maybe not, but. The fact is they could do a lot of damage with very with very Mm -hmm. little resource. Mm -hmm. And that's the scary part about it. You you could do this with we saw this happen. Where was it, Glenn, recently where uh, supposed white supremacists of some sort were firing at power plants and taking them offline. And it was, you know, short term in that particular case. There's a lot more that would need to be done to talk about the types of death numbers you're talking about. But these aren't studies Glenn Beck is creating. This is what our military looking at these possibilities. Oh, yeah. If this goes away, what happens? It's not good. It's not good. Um, let me switch back here quickly to
0: um, East Palestine. Uh, Pal- I ugh, can never say
2: it. East Palestine? Thank you. Kite. Mm-hmm. Well, I look, uh, Palestine's been in every head for 100 million years, so I, I, I get right. And get I, but now I get
0: that thing, you know, I, I think you and I may be yes. the only two people that have it. <laughs> yes, You cannot say it because whatever you think, you think it's wrong, mm-hmm. and so you just don't
2: say it. So and, then you um, say and, the yeah, one you believe is wrong in your head, yeah. and then it's always wrong. And it's always wrong. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, do you remember when we talked to uh, uh, Caitlin? Uh, she owned the farm uh, that was... Really, one of the closest to the train uh, derailment, and she had to get out of her property, and they handed her a uh, a waiver and said, "Here, we'll test your property. Just just sign this waiver." And I'm like, no, and she was looking for somebody to test the property that wasn't, you know, from the train uh, company or from the EPA. And I said, "We will help you do that." Well, uh, we started looking and it was um, interesting um, to to even find a company that was qualified, that was independent of the government and train companies that could test the water, air and soil for residents. It was not easy. Most of the companies were not helpful. Uh, One said, good luck, laughed and hung up the phone. When I say they weren't helpful, it led me to believe that some of these companies um, would not get involved because they know of government, uh, private uh, and public partnerships and maybe have some public-private partnerships. Um, We tried to find a company that would test the water, the soil, um, the sediment, the air based on, you know, the chemicals that were released, um, into the air. Um, they, it's about 10 to $15,000 per property. And we're willing to do this for Caitlin, but I'm not sure that's the best thing. Um, and we can put Caitlin and, and, you know, we'll write the check if she wants to engage them. Um, but I just want you to know there's, there's, uh, there's too many public-private partnerships that are going on where everybody is scratching each other's back. That makes me quite nervous. Now, when it comes to the train, you know, the train company said, oh, that release, that was, well, was that a mistake? I don't know how that got out there. Okay, wait a minute. What We were the first person to we were the first show to bring to you the news. We got it from Caitlin uh, that they were they were asking people in the neighborhood to sign releases. And Caitlin told us three hundred and fifty people had already signed this, which signed away all of their rights to sue or anything else. Really bad. Uh, And so then when you had um, uh, J.D. Vance, the senator from Ohio, He went on and said, you know, about the legal uh, waivers. Uh, We wanted to know, is this the same waiver and what's happening? Because he said it was a mistake. They accidentally did it. Well, what he didn't ask was, okay, but those who signed that mistake, are they going to be held to that? Or is that an invalid waiver? So we wrote to... um, Norfolk and ask them, uh, can you confirm that it's null and void? If it is null and void, how was it accidentally sent? Um, I'd like to hear that one. The 340 residents that signed the waiver at the time of our original interview, it could be higher. Now, will those waivers be nullified? If the waivers are nullified, Will you complete testing without a waiver? And are there any other partners beyond CTEC and LLC North uh, uh, Southern that is is or will work on contamination testing? Or are these the only companies that uh, uh, that you will cover the costs uh, for? So we got a call back and I was shocked that we got a call back. Uh, It was on the record phone call with Connor Spielmaker. He's the senior communications manager, media relations for uh, the train company. And he said, I wanted to address your core question. I'm reading the transcript of a phone call with my uh, producers. I wanted to address your core question first about the waiver, I guess we're calling it. That was a mistake. So I believe the language, how it actually happened, I'm not sure but there was a batch of those forms that were printed that included that language and it wasn't supposed to. Our producer asked, how did that happen? He said, well, probably it was just uh, some copy, you know, copy and paste from a word document to make sure that whatever it was certainly not intentional. And as soon as that mistake was realized, we pulled those forms, replaced them with the right ones. And we're contacting everybody and anybody who had that form and basically letting them know that that form is not enforceable. We said, uh, I could see how in an emergency, somebody on the ground chain of uh, custody gets lost and people aren't getting right approvals. I could see how that mistake would happen. So everyone that either got the form or signed the form has been notified or will be notified that it's not enforceable. Correct. Have have you reached everyone yet? I don't know, but obviously I'm sure we will reach some of them through you guys announcing it. Uh, We'll be providing uh, that to them in writing. Anyone that has uh, come and gotten assistance from uh, the railroad company through the family assistance center, through reimbursements for expenses or those thousand dollar checks that are floating around or has had Norfolk Southern contractor, whatever. In addition to the EPA or whoever was with us come to their property, no one has signed
2: away any of their legal rights to us. That's well, that's positive. That's really good. Assuming they, they back that up with action. Uh, we have an updated waiver, too, that we can get to here in a minute, but it looks like they have actually updated that uh, at some level already and are trying to get that out to people. Again, yeah, this is obviously a, a, a catastrophe that they're trying to deal with, and and while, you know, going through the blame of why the actual accident happened is something that's going to happen over the next, you know, months and years, you know, at this point, all they can do is do the best thing possible for the people around the situation and try to make it as tolerable as possible. If you're giving them a waiver that puts that wipes out all of your responsibility, that's a real problem. It looks like they've corrected that problem, which is a, a step in the right direction. Uh, also,
0: we did get the updated waiver. We can, we'll can, at least tweet that if we don't have time. We called Caitlin last night to see if she had heard from the railroad. It was 915 Eastern when we talked to her last night. She said she had not uh, received that information. Um, at uh, 745 this morning, we reached back out um, and wanted to get a copy of it, and we have it, and we will share it with you. Uh, in uh, in just a little while. So if you are one of those people that signed that waiver, know that that waiver is no longer enforceable and you can sue them if you want to and anybody else. Um, however, they seem to be doing the right things. They, you know, I don't know how stupid you have to be to send that waiver out and how that happened. However, they are trying to make it right and i i
2: applaud them yeah. for and that you, yeah certainly some will argue that it was they're now doing pr yes um, work afterwards whatever which, it is whatever it is it could all, it, but i mean it's also applause totally plausible that in the middle of a chaotic situation they pulled a standard waiver out and 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 yeah. you sent it to people it's definitely plausible as long as they're correcting it again this is a bad situation they're going to have to deal with the consequences of this. All all you can expect out of them at this point is to do what they can to make these people's lives a little bit better, and, and they hopefully they're stepping seem them in. seem to be doing that.
0: They told us in this phone call they are there for the long haul, and they are not going to abandon the community. And we will continue to watch that and make yeah. sure that they are held to their word. Got to hold them to it.
2: Na, 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 na.